Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about getting to mark a check on your character sheet every time you listen to an episode to get a bonus to defeat us. Today I'm we're James. Today we're talking about Advanced Fantasy Dungeons, a slick new OSR game that is the closest I've ever come to my perfect D&D. We're recording live. So this is this something called a podcast. It's my understanding. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's for whales. Yeah. Exactly. We've we there's no world we have not made that joke. No. Absolutely. Like, absolutely, it's my favorite it's, joke. It's terrible. It's a terrible joke, and that's why you love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I'm a terrible joke, and that's why you love me. Yeah. 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 That's what I love. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did I tell you my story about how um, uh, when I when I seconds by the way thirty seconds in seconds. I'm pivoting something not ter- tabletop related. Um, when I'd heard that Madame Web was just was like a mediocre movie that what like what was like it's, it was okay. Uh, I had no interest in seeing it. Did you hear that when my mom was out, studying in the was in the Amazon <laughs> studying? As, as soon as as soon as it came out, people saw it and said it's terrible. Yeah. I said I have to have course, I have to see it. You I love must. garbage. I love garbage, yeah. and so I went and saw it like literally two days later. James, <laughs> the you soonest are, I possibly could. You are Oscar the Grouch's joyful cousin because <laughs> because you're not grumpy like Oscar. I'm a little grumpy. Yeah. Between yeah. the two of us, we can be. But I love garbage. love garbage. Um, and I also love garbage, but I also love things that are really, really cool. You see that segue? Did you see it? That was good. It was good. It was mm-hmm. a good segue. It was like how we do it in the podcast sphere. Um, I, actually, I should make sure. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about before I dive <laughs> no. us into the main topic? No, I think it's good. We should just do it. Oh, you know, I do want to say one thing, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, my child and I have yes. started to play Cozy Town. Nice. We, uh, I don't know what that was, but I was I was interested, and I wasn't sure if you were going to want to talk about that on the podcast. I, but I'm interested in hearing about it. I want to talk about it once we've played the whole thing. Um, but it's uh, it's it's looking so much fun. It's like a it's a <laughs> hack of uh the Quiet Year. It's uh adorable. It's uh, by okay. um by Ray. Uh, and uh, he's done a great job with it. And uh, uh, my kid is uh really excited about it. We're doing a little underwater nice. uh, axolotl Ooh. town. <laughs> Looks very cute. Nice. Nice. But let's talk about something that's less cute and also yeah. very cool. Okay. Okay. Do you know what game I'm going to be talking about? No. Okay, cool. Uh, the game uh, just recently came out. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't know anything about tabletop games. <laughs> I'm not in the community. I don't play games. I'm, I am... Consistently fate. drifting further from the community and playing fewer games, but I've been reading. I've gotten into reading like a bunch of OSR stuff because okay. I the majority of my game stuff is now like nostalgia about when I had time to do game Ooh. stuff, and so like getting a little nostalgic with like some D and D kind of feel, uh, without like being in the D and D five E situation. Oh, can I? Can I? <laughs> Can I can I pivot us from this pivot real quick? This is this like, is gonna be something. The... Every podcast is someone's first podcast. Yeah, and uh, but this is the this as podcasters, we're like the we're like dogs who have to spin around a whole bunch before they can, can sit down, down and just yeah. podcast. Um, because you're t- you were talking about OSR games, so actually I'm not pivoting that far. 
I have a question either for you, and I, I think it's probably outside of your your interests. Okay. Um, but maybe people who are listening to this podcast uh, reach out to me if you have an answer to this. Um, I'm looking for a game, probably like a lighter weight OSR game, specifically designed to play like old school rogue tradery Warhammer. Mm, okay. Okay. When like things were like like old like in the original like original original Warhammer, uh, they thought that rogue traders were going to be like the main characters, and they were like objectively good guys in this objectively bad <laughs> setting. And like they they've gone way off from that. But we're but on my my tabletop group is thinking about play playing that game or playing the setting, but we don't want to play one of the super crunchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there is a rogue trader tabletop game. I was gonna say we don't want one. But we don't want to play that because it's we've played Dark Heresy, the other game, its sister game, and it's just extremely crunchy. Okay. So we're looking for something lightweight. It's a, the group will will fall back on fate and play fate because that's how we are. Um, <laughs> and you can do anything with fate. But uh, if there is if there is kind of a, cr- a slightly more crunchy but easier lightweight game that plays that same genre, that's what I'm looking for. I'll be honest, I don't know that genre super well. Um, it's kind of like, like high space. It's like space, but you're like you're you're space merchants. Okay. okay. Um, but you're really just like guys who have a big scroll from the emperor who say like, you can go out and do whatever you want oh, as long okay. as it's like to grow the empire. And so it's like you're basically classic D and yeah, you're classic <laughs> D and D adventurers, but with with a mandate from the emperor uh, to go out into space, and then they can like talk to aliens, and they can like, commandeer planets, and be just kind of goofy. They they have absolutely so much drip. Um, they are aesthetically just like that's the one thing that's the most important to them. Um, rogue traders are absolutely incredible. I'm gonna keep on thinking about this because there's a possibility I know something. I just can't bring anything to mind. Yeah, I just it, I feel like every every year, every year, every episode, I go, <laughs> I relearn the lesson. James, you can't just plug something into Google because there are other things with similar names. I and the first time I. I typed in Rogue Trader. I typed in Rogue Traders, and I got the band. Oh, Rogue I didn't Traders. know there was a thing. Yeah, and then I found the the tabletop or the the uh, computer game. But uh, anyway, that's my that's my question for the community. Well, here's a my game. call to action. Here's a game that is extremely easy to look up, and it doesn't have any words similar to any other game. Yeah, it's called Advanced Fantasy Dungeons. Okay. Uh, it is by Idle Cartulary, um, and Hodog. I'm not sure. Let me let me pull this up actually, so I can make sure I've got the I can have the credits right in front of me. Um, Hodag is, is I I don't know if you're familiar with Hodag, but they they do like uh incredible art. I've, I've I I don't know very much about the person, but I know their art is just like this gorgeous OSR style, and this hmm. book is full of it. It's um pay what you want. Like if you have any interest in OSR or like old D and D vibes. I, I highly, highly, highly Ooh. recommend it. It has it has blown my mind. Hmm. Um, and uh, my understanding is that uh, essentially, it is based on, to some extent, uh, AD and D, a second edition. Okay. But uh, essentially, this is this very uh, modern game inspired and modern game informed reimagining of what that what the world could have been if like games almost like developed in a different order right Mm -hmm. like interesting it it gives me like 
fusion vibes, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like if, like, you know, sometimes you go to like a fusion place and it's like, oh, it's if this food was invented in this mm-hmm. other place. And like, that is for me, like the vibe of it. And I really, I'm really a huge fan of it. Interesting. And it has a ton of stuff that like will look really, really familiar. Uh, other stuff that like will look familiar, but from another source, like, you know, it's strength, dexterity, intelligence, uh, constitution, wisdom, charisma. Um, you're rolling D20s. It's a roll under system. And uh, this is one of the things that I've just like blown away by because it's such a simple way to handle this. It's roll under with one d20 if you don't have proficiency. And if you do have proficiency, it's 2d20. And so you just roll under your stat. And if you only get one success, it's a partial success. Like an apocalypse world. Ooh. Um, And so it doesn't have moves. Uh which is maybe the one place that like my brain would want to like converge was one of the places that my brain converges from it because obviously I'm reading this and also thinking, how would I make this my perfect uh, D and D? But just going like, Hey, proficiency gives you two dice. And if you roll both under boom, it's a full success without consequences is like golden. And I love it. Um, and there's just great work with adding, um, uh like an option to like get mastery which gives like a numerical bonus taken away from stuff the way the characters are set up you choose your class right and at first level you get like your armor weapon proficiency some additional item like you know that kind of stuff but then each time you level up in a class you just select two things from a list so like I'm just gonna here I'm gonna have you pick a class. We got fighter, okay. paladin, ranger, thief, bard, uh, priest. Let's do ranger. Ranger. We, there's some weirder ones too. There's like a psionicist, which I think is cool. Yeah, I was actually that. just looking at that. Um. So as the ranger, um, when you level up as a ranger, um, you uh can add a new proficiency slot, which like. This is this gets a little clunky for me as you get proficiency slots and then like spend them on proficiencies. Um, but that just is because like there's a Blades in the Dark style downtime mechanic. Uh, increase strength or dexterity by one. Increase the saving throw by one. Gain a favored terrain. Um, declare the creature you're preparing to encounter during a rest watch. And gain additions to like to hunt them down. Um, gain advantages on reaction rolls with beast, increase size of your HD, add six to your HD, increase your number of HD before ninth level, learn a priest spell, or gain animal followers from ninth level. So, like, each of those is relatively simple, but, like, you're combining those and making this, like, essentially infinitely complicated ranger, you know? I love... Mark each time you prepare and encounter a specific creature. It's so for every five cool. marks you gain a, uh, a bonus. Yeah, uh, this has like uh, choose your cor- your terrain. Um, both the terrain and the creature are uh, specific, not forest, but the forests of the far reach. Not orcs, but ice watch orcs. Not dragons, but white dragon or ice drake. And like 
if you're in a similar terrain, gain half the bonus rounded down. Because you can choose the things more than once, right? You can be like, I I am here to hunt. Like, I, I, I am all about mm-hmm. uh, vampire hunting, you know? And, like, you can just choose that every level and just get, like, an absurd bonus to stuff. And it's just, it's so slickly put together as, like, a core mechanic that you're just rolling 1d20 or 2d20. And it's just, you just have your proficiencies, right? Uh, with, like, a little bit of, like, if you have... If you continue to put proficiencies into things, then like you get to subtract your mastery level, which is the number of additional proficiencies from your role. Um, but uh, it has like uh, heritages that you put together using like a, a table for abilities. And so it's very cool with like even like these this heritage system is that you're like putting together a lot of things that fit into like what already exists in the game. And so like you're getting like you can get like a weapon proficiency, a proficiency to like mimic mm. sound, um a flight, natural weapons, natural armor, like all kinds of different things that already are kind of covered by the core sort of game assumptions. Um and it isn't like have like you can literally it's a it's a 20 it's 20 options you can literally roll a d20 you know yeah that's cool yeah um and like it includes some like little uh pre-made explanations of like a couple of them but it's like a paragraph each you know which just shows like how how like tight this game is put together um yeah and it's got it's got like everything you would need in one of these things that it's got like combat surprise reaction tables uh it's got this classic picture of a bunch of melee weapons all drawn next to each other facing the same direction which every fantasy tabletop game has to have you gotta you gotta it's so important um i I just found it (laughs) i'm just scrolling through the game yeah it's cool and it's pretty right like it's it's got that kind of oh it's got good stuff it's got like factions and as I was reading it near the beginning, I was mm-hmm. like, this is uh, exactly the kind of game that I'm trying to run if I'm trying to run like a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. And then it started getting more complicated in different <laughs> ways from how I want things to get more complicated. And I started going like, okay, this gets me like such a basis that like I'm like kind of obsessed with it. Um, oh my god! Sorry, I just I need to read this. I love this. At death's door, if you're young, you do not die at zero HP. Rather, you hover at death's door. You can do this for one d six rounds until you receive treatment or healing. You may hover at death's door three times before you are no longer young. Yeah, I, I, that's such like a because at character creation you can choose if your character is old or young, and you get like an advantage by choosing to be like an <laughs> older adventurer. Oh, but you so give good. up that that right there's fun there's fun. Uh, magical duels oh yeah ma- See, like, <laughs> okay so okay magical duels is almost like the perfect example of a more complicated procedure that's a really really good procedure that i really really dig 
And yeah. it's not the way that I would complicate the procedure, uh, you know? Interesting. And so like, it's, this is the, this is the kind of thing that it, it, it like, it covers so many things that I'm so into. Like magical duels is such a good idea. And this is a really, really, really solid system for doing it. And it's not the way that I would do it. And so like, I feel like reading this, I was seeing like the, what the base what the base stat kind of rolling system that my brain would want to build out of, you know, it's a really cool that actually that that is a super cool system. <laughs> it is just uh more, more involved than I would yeah. want to have as a subsystem. Um, I kind of, I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of a game just on a, on a high level that is extremely simple to play most of it. But then all of its subsystems are extremely complicated. So I think and that is you've you've stumbled into my trap. Uh. Um, because we've been talking a couple times about like firebrandsy games mm-hmm. of like the multiple multiple game things. Like we had Megan talking about um, uh, one particular harbor. Um, I think I've talked about Errant in the past, which is a, another OSR game that uh that talks about using uh i think procedures not rules and uh i had a similar experience with that game that i was reading it and obsessed with so many things in it you know what i actually had the i had the exact opposite experience with it still still completely obsessed but i loved like its procedures hooked me huh and its core mechanic and core setup of things did not and so, like, what I'm starting to build in my head is trying to find, like, for me, what that little middle point is. Yeah. And I've got some thoughts. And, like, what, are, what is the core mechanic that you like? What, is the, what are the, the side mechanics that you like? Yeah. And, like, how do you keep it? How do you also keep it, ideally, close enough to yeah. these rules that everybody knows how to use that it's easy to pick up and you can use all of the different stuff from other games right like i now have uh four uh four of the knock books uh which is a uh like a i think they call it a like magazine of osr (laughs) bric-a-brac um that like you know you could you could theoretically drop some of it into a game that isn't uh old D&D style but it's a whole lot better if <laughs> if the numbers also work kind of in a similar way oh my gosh Ooh. even like the way the monsters work are so simple and so nicely put together with like a bunch of like opportunity for for cool additional stuff in them this is this is a game that i can just scroll back and forth in and like almost any page i end up i end up like excited about what i'm reading i'm pretty much doing that and which is probably not great for this podcast because i'm getting lost in like oh what's going on in secret languages section right like oh man and the way languages work um you have this is so slick. You have um, 
like base languages, but the assumption that like every elf speaks elven and it's exactly the same is not in it. So instead there's like regional languages that are based on like base languages. So it's like elven might be like the base, but uh, you have to like make a role to see how well you speak the language. (laughs) And then uh, I love that. Or you can make a role to see how well you speak the language. And then it's like, now you permanently have like, yeah, you can read a couple words. Uh, you, you can look at the door and say that it says speak friend and enter. But, uh, but you're not going to be having any conversations. <laughs> and it says specifically that like common is not a language that like you can use. Yeah. To like speak about things other than like buying and selling stuff. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, because it's like it's like the idea is that it's like the shared, shared language yeah, that a, people have. It's built. the language you use to ask where the bathroom is and order a sandwich and nothing else. Yeah, it's so good. There's just so much in it, and then like building a stronghold. The stronghold chapter is also like so much fun, and like part of this also. I don't know how much you've like looked at like OSR stuff. No, it's um, a lot of these things that like look like weird and specific are just like what old D and D was about, right? Yeah, I mean, like like building a strong like I, I scrolled down to like I don't have a huge amount of OSR, yeah. but like I scrolled down to the strongholds and I was like, oh yeah, so this is like the build a castle thing that everyone always wants to do when they get to a certain level in D and D. But there isn't maybe necessarily a great mechanic for that anymore. And like, and like, oh, the, it's here. The thing is that like, uh, I, I'll be honest, I, I read this. Oh, no, this this was one of the sections that I really liked, but it, it, it got a little fiddly in a couple places for me, just in terms of like what I like. I, lo- I love that there's a, a, a table of domain events that happen so around your good. castle. So that even if you like settle down and stop moving, stuff still happens around you. There's domain actions that take place on like a clock timescale because this uses different timescales like really explicitly. Then it's oh. like in combat, uh, a, a tick is X amount in, or an action is X amount of time. In uh, exploration in the dungeon, it's X amount of time. In downtime, it's X amount of time. In exploration, it's X amount of time. And like domain actions are kind of like the largest timescale. Um, that it's like once every week, um, and like you're able to like take domain actions to like do stuff. Hmm. It's it's just so there's so many to, like so what where I guess where would you deviate from this where like and what do you want it to be differently? So here's where I would deviate, and I I may have given a little bit of a a preview in like the errant and firebrands thing. What I would want to do is move away from chapters and move towards like moves with a little bit of extra. I love the character creation. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of getting the characters a little more specific because so much of the game is so specific. Um, that I would like to see classes be more like uh more like um prestige classes Mm -hmm. um but like the same idea that it's got like a list of things and you're choosing them um and i want the procedures 
I want combat, like, you know, combat can basically stay OSR style combat. Um, I might make characters a little beefier than they tend to be in a lot of OSR games because, you know, I like swinging swords. Um, although this one, I also think maybe my, my, my read on it is that you're a little sturdier than you are in some other games. I could be totally wrong. You can't, you can't die if you're young. That's three true. Times. Um, but what I would want to see is like one page or two page spreads that are basically a little mini game mm-hmm. using the same stats, the same roll D roll under kind of thing, but like really trying to aim to include like proficiencies and stuff like that. Like I would want to see a thing that it's like, uh, Aaron has, for example, um, like lock picking. And it has this this very cool but very complicated system where you are using like taps, scrapes, and pushes, I think. Um to pick locks and different size st- like styles of locks are permanent in the game. As though it's like you know, like like rogue, right? Like the old rogue game. Um and that's very cool but complicated in a different way from what I'm looking for. And so, like, I, I want to look at some of these kind of, like, broader social setting events. And instead of being, like, focusing on lockpicks, like, really focus in and go, like, okay, what does it look like when we go to the shop? What does it look like when we fight a, a dragon specifically? And, like, really build minigame style in a more PBTA sort of looking at successes way uh, for like very specific stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm truly, truly shocked to learn that, that your ideal version of this is a rules light system with self-contained modules that could be produced uh, at, at in, infinitely, uh, to uh, to cover at first a a very generic range of, of of special events and then as uh time passes or seasons pass you release more and more more specific things yeah no but i've, uh, I've been i've been circling the same i'm shocked i've been circling this same thing for so long i've i've just discovered <laughs> that in this setting uh in, in advanced fantasy dungeon kobolds are child-sized beagle people Oh, uh, do you know, do you know about the whole cobalt thing of like cobalts being dogs? Sometimes they're dogs. Sometimes, sometimes they're, they're dogs. They're sometimes lizards. they're lizards. Yeah. Yeah. And in OSR, they tend to be o- older D&D. They tend to be dogs mm. because they were dogs in old D&D. Mm. Um, very funny the that they're beagles. So good. Yeah. It specifically says beagles. <laughs> That's so funny. It also specifically says they smell terrible. I love that. I think kobolds like should dog. smell terrible. They never fight bear. That's perfect. Except for them being dogs, because I like a lizard kobold. Yeah. I like a lizard kobold or like the the cute kobolds that rolled out of like... They, uh, they are still uh, children of dragons. They're still children of dragons, but they're dogs. Cool. I love that. 
Um, it is spelled with a C though, so it's a C, a C cobalt. Oh, okay. I wonder if K cobalts are are uh-huh. copyright or something. There, there's no world. They're, K cobalts are all over the place. Hmm. Um. Oh, it's just so much good stuff. The art is so good. The the art is so good. Um. Oh my gosh, there's frog people. <laughs> this this uh this episode is really just us reading this game live. Yeah, like uh a, a big part of this is like, hey, Brendan thinks you should go check out this game. <laughs> There's a mole mantis. A mole orca? It's a it's just a an orca with feet. It's a shark with legs. Amazing. Amazing. My brand. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Your special eyes. Um, but so what I'm kind of starting, I'm trying, what I'm trying really hard not to do, because I've got other things that are more important that I need to be doing. <laughs> and yet, is I'm starting to play with putting together, um, like starting with a cup, I want to get like a couple of like really specific classes for a very specific like starter adventure. Okay. Um, but I want to make them so that they can be like drag and drop into anything. Um, so like I want to make it as essentially. Like, I want to make, like, a little hex and a couple of, like, mix and match classes because I think I want to encourage a little bit more multi-classing. Yeah. And so I think, like, you're going to start with two classes for mine and just get, like, slightly, like, get your powers split between the two. Um, I would love to see, sorry. No, no. Just, when you're talking about classes and 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 things being more, like, prestige classes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I like that, and to bring it all back around to Rogue Trader, yeah, um, that the Rogue Trader, at least the, I think it's it's in the tabletop game, but it's in the CRPG, the computer game, um, a very mean is dog. that no oh, um, wrong Warhammer. Um, but they have a uh, you have your like initial level of they do a weird thing with like you have a, a an advanced uh, you have a regular uh, uh class and then an advanced class. Okay. But it's kind of like a prestige class a little bit. Okay. But rather than being like a specific uh, class that's that's like um uh like rather than being like uh, an arcane trickster is a prestige class that you can get if you are a rogue. Yeah. It would be like arcane trickster is a prestige class that you can get if you were a rogue or if you were a wizard. And so okay. they overlap. There's like yeah. everyone has access to three different kinds of prestige classes. Well, that's and fun. And they overlap with other classes. Yeah. So you can kind of get to them from different angles. So you can be like an arcane trickster who came from being a wizard or an arcane trickster who came from being a rogue. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, um, and I, I kind of like that because it, it lets people kind of have have similarities. Yeah. But uh, in their characters, but from coming from different directions. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm kind of playing with right now mentally is whether I want people to start as like a fighter, rogue, whatever, or whether I want or people just to skip. start, yeah, like just jump right into Chocobo Neg, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like that too. Um, I, I'm a I'm generally a fan of being more specific. And I think what I might do is have like broad category classes, and also mm-hmm. the specific ones. That it's like you know you can take, you can start as like wizard, and get wizardy stuff. And then like if you find a prestige class you like more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold <laughs> on that. I wonder if you could do it the other way around. Like, I wonder if it makes sense to be like, here are your, like have, here are the 15 like specific niche ways that people become adventurers. Yeah. Like they were the, the chosen one or they were mm. like uh, kidnapped by a wizard or somebody's gardener. Like, somebody's gardener. Um, and then eventually everyone kind of comes around on being a fighter or a wizard or a paladin, <laughs> but they started at the very, because no one, no one, no one sits out to be like, I'm going to be a fighter. That's They're true. like, I'm going to be a guy in my house. And then this wizard came and took me. <laughs> uh, and I had to fight my way out. And then I picked up some skills from that. And I was like, well, I might as well keep doing this. So now I'm going to just learn how to fight better. <laughs> That 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 definitely gives like a funnel vibes, right? Yeah. Like like going and and going like you know I am a farmer. I, I am a yeah. farmer with a goat. <laughs> that is my character. I have a rolling pin. I am a cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see what yeah. happens. Um. People are not starting the 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 hero's journey call to action early enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. They're starting it when everyone's already a, like you're. Your fantasy character, fantasy D anD D, is starting it when everyone's already a fighter or a, a cleric or whatever. I, I mean, I will it say, start like, when they're a guy. Dungeon Crawl Classics is has a lot. Is that's a huge, huge game, and it's got a whole lot of funnels going in there. All right. <laughs> uh, we're just over here on the story side of games, where we're like, what if I start play as an immortal god? <laughs> mm, perfect. I'll start play as a uh, as a normal dog. And we are a party. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. But so, like, I'm. I don't know. I think. I think part of it is just like when when we're talking in here, I'm always tempted to try to make everything like a product. You know, <laughs> yeah. like there is just a a horrible tendency that if you're talking about stuff online. It feels like it needs to be something. Nah. And like, there's a very real part of me that just wants to make this and play it with people. Cause I think it would be so fun to like sit down with people and go like, Hey, uh, you know, roll, roll a D 20. And it's like, okay, you're from here. You've got, you could be this kind of wizard, this kind of thief, this kind of ranger, you know? Like, this could be your vibe that you're going with. And then just, like, by using that level-up system that, like, is mm-hmm. letting you choose the options, I feel like it's encouraging you to specialize to some extent. Yeah. But, like... I am... I am, uh... Having, having just said that I like the, <laughs> I like the idea of, of niche uh, prestige classes yeah. first, funneling into regular broad classes... I do like it when character creation makes characters more specialized. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I also, I, and I also, I, I'm still really hung up on that. You like, 
you like it's a it's it was the um the favored the favored like whatever um target for the from the ranger yeah, but it so like it gets cool. better the more you encounter that that animal in game or the creature in game yeah like i like i like character creation and advancement where the characters get more specific and when that specificity has to do with the things they did during their adventures and i feel like that is one of those places that can feel that like feels very pbta to me mm -hmm. that like you could go like here's a move you get you know and then like just have another little slip of paper that yeah. is like you're like but even like like even with this like when you were saying that this is kind of it's very good but maybe a little bit off like even just like the the way that i would tweak this ranger ability is it's supposed to be like every time you like prepare to fight a specific creature i would want that to be just every time you encounter a creature write down what it is and every five marks wouldn't that be so you get fun? a bigger bonus wouldn't that be like, like just such a fun thing to be keeping track of keep track of everything like because then it also gives the ranger a thing to do like keep track of all the creatures we fought yeah yeah, and I, I think that there is there is some way to walk this line of weirdo abilities like that and the very, like, important but less exciting increased strength or dexterity by one. Yeah. You know? uh, and now, now, now I'm obsessed with the idea of Okay, so like in a lot of tabletop games, there's always like the one or two people who like take very extensive notes yeah. about what happened in the campaign uh, so that, that when everyone else meets up again, you can go, what just happened last week? Yeah. And someone can explain like, what have you gamified that like the ranger <laughs> keeps track of all the things you fought? The the wizard keeps track of all the magical spells like but give them a bonus for doing that and build it into the game I mean, like, as, as character advancement. I think that that is really legitimate as a way to like let people, because you want people to be playing the thing they want to be doing, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that in my ideal world, still, there is something that like, that your, your warrior is able to like, be writing down or noting down in some way like, hey, this is the biggest thing I punched, you know? Yeah. Because your warrior probably wants to <laughs> punch big things. Yeah. And, like, that should do something. And so, like, what I'm kind of thinking is I love this proficiency system for just simple action, right? Like, for, like, the majority of your game. uh, Just essentially having, like, a skill system that is as simple as that, you know? and then some addition of and here is a little thing for you to tinker with and i think i've maybe in the past tried to make the core resolution too hefty because mm -hmm. i'm seeing this and i'm just like it's so good yeah it's good i, I like i like a very clean Oh, you know what? I should clarify this real quick. I turns out I was wrong about the language thing. It wasn't exactly. Um, there's an ability for Bard called Polyglot. That there's a chance mm. you know you know some language, whether whether mm. it's secret or not, and it's anything. <laughs> and you just roll. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's timekeeping, basic procedure, checking, have an adventure forward. Yeah, this is cool. Interesting. I'm trying to think of yeah, I don't I, I haven't really put too much thought into like what my ideal fantasy game would be you can, like. You can call it your D D. My D D. <laughs> um <laughs> No, but fantasy game because I yeah I, yeah I, like, it might not be a D. I don't think it would be. I um, for a little while yeah. thought that my ideal D and D was masks. Mm-hmm. And there's a possibility that it would still, uh, that that could still end up <laughs> being the thing. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like I like specific. I like very hyper specific classes. I like simple descriptor. Like I, I like people. I like games generally where my where the, your complexity is where things are most specific. Yeah. So if you're doing a very like if you're doing a wizard duel, a wizard That's duel should so be the fun. most specific and most complex mechanic in yeah. my mind. And then like just doing magic should be less specific, and then just yeah. attacking should be less specific and less complex. Yeah. Um. And just like for. For me, like, I think I would want, like, a wizard duel to resolve on a different time scale from a combat. Um, and, and I think that is what feeds me towards going back towards, <laughs> like, PBTA-style moves for that. Yeah. Like, I wonder if what mm. it just, what I'm thinking of is just... Okay. Okay. Each class, each like prestige class, is a set of options you can pick from, a feature, and that feature can be upgrade updated as one of your improvement things. And so, like, if you are taking Ranger, your if you are like generically ranger but maybe something more specific then you have like that ranger move which has to do with tracking enemy like monsters and beasts you fought or encountered rather and then like you're gaining new things if you keep going in that class you're like gaining additional bonuses to it uh and like if you pick wizard you're getting like the spell book and stuff like that as like a feature. So you've got like a sheet of paper for each class that has like the advancements you can get. And then like your move, mm -hmm. which is like a hefty move. It's got like some, like a, like a Nova move, right? In all likelihood, maybe, maybe it depends, but then you could make the classes different from each other based upon what the moves are. And so like your move if you are like a wizard is different from the move you would use if you like are someone who gave your soul up to the ancient ice dragon that lives at the bottom of this lake. And so like the still very easy to put everything together because you've basically got like a brief description, uh, the, six eight level up options that are all a little generic a little focused and then like one or two moves that define the thing 
Interesting. Yeah, I like I like that. I feel like I that's like... maybe where where the D and D of my heart lies. Hmm. And then maybe the way to approach that is like generic starting classes as one option like like okay you start the game you can choose to be a fighter or you can choose two of the prestige classy things and shove them together <laughs> yeah and so like there's like a simple I don't know, maybe just start right with that. Start with you. You will, are going like I am a, you know, Frost Dragon Lake Wizard. <laughs> That's my thing. Because then I just need to, I would just need to come up with equipment for each thing. Which isn't, isn't a bad thing. Making a little equipment list is fun. Could even follow the Rapscallion route and have like two or three really, really interesting descriptions of loot. I'm excited for Rapscallion. That backer kit is coming. <laughs> that uh, I think I don't remember whether they're doing. I don't know if they're doing it on Kickstarter or somewhere else. But I'm so pumped for that. <laughs> hmm. I haven't. I don't think I played Rapscallion. Yet. Oh, you got to check out the Quick Start. It's um. I think I have it downloaded. It's a uh, pirates. It's like weird pirates. Yeah. And like what's really, yeah? Oh right, yeah. Just everything is flavor. I, it's there's so I much. I definitely flavor downloaded in it. it. Yeah. I tried. I tried to convince my one of my game groups to play it. And they, we were we had just finished a pirate game, and so we were feeling <laughs> pirates. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I I I finally uncovered a memory. I was trying to do that while you were talking. Um, the 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 two d six or like d like the one d oh sorry one d twenty when you have like whatever without proficiency two d twenty when you have proficiency thing. I was, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if um, it was I was kind of feeling a little throwback to um, and I'm going to I'm probably going to not get this correctly because I, I cannot remember the, the game mechanic specifically. But Hearts of Wulin, um, which is a uh, PBTA mm. Wuxia game. Yes. Um, has a concept in it called and so I'm connecting the, the proficiency thing to the ranger thing of. <laughs> Uh, uh, Hearts of Loon has has a scale, so P NPCs have scale, and if you fight a character who is like of a higher scale than you, you just cannot win. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you learn their scale by losing them to them. Okay, and then you can study a new technique and learn about them, or like just fight them again. Yeah, and every time you fight them, you get uh, a bonus towards fighting them. That's fun. and even if you lose, and so you have to like keep fighting the same characters over and over again, and keep to losing potentially, and keep losing to them mm -hmm. to get better at fighting them. And I like that. I, I and I would love to see that kind of applied to a. I think maybe that's where my fantasy heartbreaker is. Okay, of like of of a, a game that's really like that's really engaged with like in um the fantasy uh, fantasy setting adventures where progression is really, really strictly defined by, like, what have you done? Nice. I like that. What, what, what adventures have you gone on? What yeah. experiences have you actually had? You get better at fighting trolls by fighting, fighting trolls. trolls. Yeah. Um, or losing trolls. Yeah. Losing to trolls. <laughs> watching trolls. Um, yeah, watching trolls, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing where that is. Um, the other thought that I had um, that is not... <laughs> that is, it is a, a late a late episode pivot because um, you, you were <laughs> love, talking about love uh, a late episode pivot. 
you were talking about uh, Backer Kit. Um, I got I finally got a game that I've been wanting to play for so long. Yeah, and it was it was a little surprising to me. <laughs> and I'll and I'll show you. It won't it won't mean much for the podcast, but I'll show you. Um, I got Xeno Language. The, oh yeah, by the, Xeno the folks language, who made yeah. Dialect. Um, they started doing it, and I tried to. It was the game that I tried to get into uh, playtesting, like three or four years in a row yeah. at Metatopia and never got to play. Yeah. Uh, and they finally have finished it and released it. And let me just show you what it looks like. We really have, have crushed this in terms of... Oh, hang on. I need to... It, yeah, it looks like it's censored. It's, it's blurred. But it's, it is a box. It is a board game-sized box. It is, en- it is enormous. It is enormous. I got this like box in the mail, and I was like, "What is this? That's, I have no memory." That is of bigger what than is. most board I games I own. I don't think I bought a board game recently, and but yeah, it's a game about alien language and human memory, and I haven't opened it yet because I haven't. I was busy this weekend, but like you have tokens. It's very inspired by Arrival. So you yeah have a board, and you have tokens that you place on the board in different places as you try to forge memories. And okay. like the tokens are parts of the alien language that you're slowly building and understanding. Awesome! And I, like I, I want to play it so bad, but like I was just, I was just like, comes uh, in as a shock. Dialect was like a little book <laughs> that came with like a deck of cards. I was in the same. We're we're so the that's what opposite. I was expecting. We're the opposite of the uh, itch.io uh, comments of like this is a PDF. I thought this was supposed to be a game. Instead, you're like, <laughs> no, this is gonna be a PDF. This is a Why game. is this, I this a board be a game? <laughs> Why is this a board game? <laughs> okay, wait. There's one more thing I gotta talk about. This is just, yeah. Like, so much of this episode is just me like rambling about how much I like things in Advanced Fantasy Dungeons, and like if if I sound negative about it, like please understand, it is only because I am trying to differentiate where my thoughts go. Uh, I yeah, understand what it's doing and what you want to do different. Yeah, if I had to pick a D&D to play today, it would be this one. Like, hmm. hands down. If I, if I had to pick one to play or to run, it would be this one right now. Um, uh, it has advice for preparing for a session, which includes stuff like how long different parts of prep should contain. Like, response prep should take about 10 minutes. Um, and then it like explains what should you be doing as response prep, which is things like the PC interacted with an NPC who did not die. How did they change that NPC irrevocably? Mm. Uh, and then there's like improv prep that you're like adding stuff, uh, living world prep, campaign prep. It's just so, it's so good that it has all of these things. Hmm. It's, it's, it's very funny because like, like, like it has like campaign prep, add two or three rumors and events to an area you've developed to draw PCs or NPCs there from afar. I think more games. That's my this is my TTRPG oh. hot take for this episode. More games should have uh, GM prep that is that specific. It's so specific and it's so good. Like it's really yeah. good stuff. Oh, my gosh. I want like I, I want to just. Devour the book. I think I, I need a physical <laughs> copy so I can eat it. You can eat it is maybe I what's going on. I would recommend that. Do you do you know do you know? But you know that experience, right? Yeah. Like that yeah, is yeah. the experience I'm having with this book. 
but yeah. Mm. And you you can see you can see the PBTA in it. You can see the blades in the dark in it. It's which is very cool also. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I gotta get some people I, around a table. I would I would love to play with this. Yeah, it'd be fun, right? Info on stalking dungeons. One thing that I also really like is that it. I I mean, like I've now read a thousand OSR things, but. <laughs> So I might no longer be the, like, un-OSR sullied story gamer breed. Uh-oh. Um, but I think that, like, this makes a lot of sense to me from that story gamer side of things. Like, I, I think that it's, I think that it, this could be a good first OSR for people. Yeah. There's one or two things that are a little bit, like, you gotta be a little bit in the weeds. Uh, like yeah. I'm looking at like monster treasure and it's like belongings for large groups of humanoids, largely consisting of their everyday living items types G I O P R or W. Mm. And it's like, I know what that means. My eyes have not glazed over, but, uh, I can see how someone is not wanting to look at like numbered tables or lettered tables. <laughs> <laughs> but this game is, I mean, if you're, if you were going to. If you were going to say, go play an OSR game, like this game is infinitely more um, engageable, like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, um, like accessible, maybe accessible than like Morkborg. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> or is something true. which I which I see bandied around as the big like OSR game that I'm familiar with, at least. Yeah, I, for um, me, for me, it's 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 this and the Black Hack. Yeah, are kind Black of my Hack two favorite. Like, like recommend somebody pick something up and play. Black Hack feels like it's not enough. This feels yeah. like it's probably right about where I want. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was gonna say I was right about to say Black Hack definitely gives you a little bit less. Yeah, but I want this. Which this is, is what of... I like. I, I like a downtime. I'm I... a sucker for a downtime action. <laughs> it's so funny because I hate downtime actions. Oh, that is like so one good. of the things that I that I do not. I I don't. I know it's. I know oh, it's I a like... little bit losing my story gamer cred but i don't like downtime time actions i like downtime actions and i like gm homework (laughs) i like i like the i'm a sucker for the urban shadows faction turn i like gm homework if it's specific and for Mm -hmm. this it's specific which i really dig um and like the nice thing is it's it's all also it's osr so like if you look at like the restocking the dungeon section and you're like, no, I don't like this. There are 700 articles on how to do it. And one of those will match for you. Hmm. <laughs> when a, yeah. when a fighter cool. raises their strength above 20, they do not fail strength checks on a 20. Above 20, they are as strong as a hillock giant, a sturm giant, or a <laughs> titan, respectively. Incredible. <laughs> Yeah, so that's probably like that is probably higher level than than uh, standard uh, old school D and D. I'm gonna desperately try not to work on this. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love that this this podcast has has shifted over time from I would love I I need to make this game to I need to focus on a game. I need to finish a game to <laughs> I need to so not important. work on any game. <laughs> Listen to me, it's so important that I don't work on a game. 
part I of it is that stop. there's other game stuff I need yeah. to be working on. Um, but like, like so. So what I here's what I want to do. This okay. Let me put down into into words what I want to do. I want to. Um. I want to get a group of people together and talk ahead of time about what they would want their weird prestige class to be. Make those, make mm-hmm. a little hex, and see if this works. That's what I want to do. Like, get a little group together where someone is like, hey, I want to be this thing. And then just like build essentially a adventure to play and see what it looks like in play. Because hmm. I'm actually really into the idea of the. Of like having the character sheet that you are just going like these are the advances. These are the advances. Here's a couple moves. And then you just kind of keep track of your proficiencies. Right? Yeah, that's pretty slick. Mm. 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 <laughs> Playing games. Playing games. We should play games. I want to play games. We should play games. <laughs> I want to play this game. Uh, it, it also yeah, makes it clear yeah. that proficiencies should be um, like specific it, things. Like it shouldn't be like uh, fighting. It should be like mm-hmm. mining in a specific location. Uh, <laughs> I do like that. It seems like at every point in this game, there's a little like suggestion. It's like, hey, when we say specific, like. Go yeah. one level more specific than you yeah. think we it's mean. Like That's the level of specific we mean. A specific set of circus tricks. So yeah. good. Laws in a specific location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Someday, um, someday I'm going to disappear into the woods with a stack of yeah. OSR books. And just like hundreds of downloaded <laughs> OSR blogs. Uh, however many uh, <laughs> books of Knock have come out by then. And I'm just going to disappear for, for I'm going to go ahead and say 2D4 years. And when I come out, I'm going to have a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Okay. I really hope I roll well <laughs> on, my, <laughs> on my 2D4. Let's. Let's go for two. Let's go for two on that one. It's a yeah. long time in the woods. The armor is also like more complicated, but it's good. It's like not. It's not that it's a bad rule. It's just it's more complicated than I want for it. It's really good. It's all of it. It's very good. Yeah. It's all so well thought out. It's like one of those things where it's like hmm. it's making me grumpy. Ah. <laughs> You're like, ah. Yeah. This game is so good. I hate it. Not yeah. I don't hate it, but I, it's, I wish I could yeah. play yeah. it more. It was a little different. There's, I, I wonder if there is a, there is like a, an uncanny valley of the perfect. That is maybe what it is. <laughs> heartbreaker. Where it's like, 
Where yeah. as you get closer to it, for you personally, the games become more frustrating. No, yeah. Like D and D is not at all frustrating to me because yeah, it's not no, at all like, like the kind of fantasy game that I would frustrate write. me. Fourth edition frustrates me a little bit. <laughs> Fourth edition is a little frustrating. Yeah, frustrates me more than fifth edition, and that's probably more than all the old ones. And then like. I read yeah. something like the Black Hack or Advanced Fantasy Dungeons, and I'm just like grumpily looking at this. Yeah, like the the things about Quest that yeah. frustrate me frustrate me so much because Quest is and, so and, close to being like my and perfect. I, I read Quest and <laughs> it gives me zero frustration. Game. I think you are actually right. Please let us know if we're like insane on this because it would be very weird <laughs> if James and I both have this experience. But I think that that's maybe what it is. I wonder if that's for I think it's all universal. games or yeah. if it's just for D and D's. I think it's got to be. I mean, it's for. I'm trying I to think of other games that I really like things. that frustrate the heck out of me, and I feel like it isn't. It isn't to the same level. It might be. Yeah, it's maybe it's just fantasy. That would make sense because it's such like because like it's the it what's Something it's there. what like defines the genre. Big old air quotes defines the. The tabletop space. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you if you've experienced fantasy, uh, uh, fantasy game, <laughs> Uncanny Valley, let us let us yeah, know about it. That. Reach out to us. Um, we are we are sometimes on Twitter together at Stop Hack and Roll or individually. I'm at and the meltdowns or on. Blue sky, whatever you can get on now. I'm uh, malleable. I still uh, kind of post I am in both BLG places. BLG on Blue Sky, which I go to probably two to three times a week, and B Leon Gambetta on Twitter, which I go to probably once a week now. Um, I, I am less, I'm less accessible online, and I've been very busy. So I, I actually, I also owe a bunch of people messages. <laughs> but um, you can con- if you if you if you you know the right people and you. You got the right cash, you can contact me. Yeah, you've got a problem. I'm the I'm the eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely not. Definitely not. Um <laughs> uh, but we've got a website. Yeah. It's http colon slash slash www.stopcontrol.com. Yeah. That's that's too much of the that's too much of the URL. You don't need to say it all. But uh yeah, thank you to uh thank you to the website. Uh, but also thank you to the people who help us make this podcast, our Patreon backers, people like Chris Wittich, Richard Kuchlandry, Refined Ersine, Michael Bowman, Jack Blair, Larry Asmuth, Evan Nyquist, Brian Pemberton, Nariz Roja, Devin White. Uh, thank you for your support uh, of this show and all of our future shows. You can, And if you would like to help us do that as well, you can check us out if at patreon.com. If you'd like to support the podcast in a non-monetary way, uh, come check out the Discord. Um, uh, that is at uh, tinyurl.http colon slash slash www.tinyurl.com slash shr discord. It doesn't work with tinyurl. It's work with tinyurl. Tinyurl.com slash shr discord. And uh, tell us your yeah. favorite pole arm there. That's what we want to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the, I it's the glaive for me. Like, in theory, the Bec de Corbin. But that's only because of its name. I I do not know the difference mm. uh, between the different glaives. Ooh, I okay. said glaive. 
I'm a big Halberd boy. You know what? I've Love actually looked it up. I think I might I be right that that is what I like. Okay. Gotta Alarms. have one. Yeah, I mean, like, this one. one's got a hammer on it. On one side, it's a hammer. On the front, it's a spear. On the side, Ooh, it's that's a scythe. Like, uh, that is what I was picturing. Ooh, so I'm a I little like bit upset <laughs> that I <laughs> was able. Yeah. That's uh, so I got to think about my that. choices. Yeah. You might have played tabletop games if you can just reach into your brain yeah, and pull out the like, name of a very specific it, pole. And I was like, I'm not going to describe it. That would be bad audio. And then I just was like, so I'll just say the name of a pole arm. <laughs> then I said the name of that pole arm. <sighs> well, uh, so yeah, as you're standing in your bathroom with the lights off, staring into the mirror, into the darkness within your soul that apparently has the correct name and image of actual pole arms in it, just considering the choices you've made. Every single day of your life with these precious moments we have. Uh, don't forget to stop acting.